Hey there, podcast listeners, and welcome to this week's Physics Buzz podcast. I'm Mike Lucibella. Science fiction and science seem like they should go hand in hand, but there have been plenty of times while watching a movie I've thought to myself, hey, the universe doesn't work like that. What gives? Where's the science and sci-fi? After a panel on the subject sponsored by the NSF Science and Entertainment Exchange at this year's Comic-Con International, I had the chance to ask astronomy blogger Phil Plate about some of the ways that science influences science fiction. It's taking an idea and looking, maybe a scientific idea, uh, inventing a new technology, looking at some sort of new scientific discovery, and extrapolating it and saying, what's going to happen if we were able to go faster than light, if we had transporter technology, what would happen? The best science fiction does that. For me, as someone who loves science, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in the real world. I have to observe the sky the way it is. But with science fiction, I can let my imagination roam a little more free. But it's still got that solid core of reality and science in it. And I think that's why I love it so much. Scientists themselves can play a big role in helping to build that solid core. Kevin Grazer, a researcher at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, has consulted with writers for several sci-fi TV shows, including Battlestar Galactica, Eureka, and the upcoming show Defiance. How can science help a story along? A mantra that screenwriters learn early in their careers is uh, never wake the audience from your dream. Keep them immersed in your world. With a lot of people becoming increasingly tech literate, if you make a tech uh, foible or tech gaffe, especially one you don't have to make, you're a, lot, a lot of people in your, in your audience transform from someone immersed in your creative vision to someone sitting in a room in the 21st century saying, hang on. So in other words, the goal is to create more oh wow moments and fewer oh please moments. How do you act as a science advisor? What do you do for these shows and how do you help? That entirely depends upon the show. Some shows want a lot more help than others. It just depends on the show and depends on the writer. Some writers uh, will want my help from the onset. They will say, hey, we're going to do a show about dark matter. And then, so what can we do? What kind of things, what kind of properties does dark matter possess that we can, we can use? Some don't want any help from the onset. They, they do their own research. They write their story. And then I get the script and to red pen it. So that, those are kind of the extremes. It just depends, again, on the show and depends on the writer. What's, uh, what's something you can point to that you've really uh, had an influence on? Like some uh, scene or something like that in one of your shows? In Battlestar Galactica in season three, we had an episode called A Day in the Life, where we have a couple who are both maintenance workers. They're fixing a battle-damaged airlock. Turns out that as they're in this airlock working, there's a, there's a slow leak. The inner door seals, and they're stuck inside this airlock. So the, eventually it turns out that the, the answer to getting them out of this airlock is to literally blow the explosive bolts on the exterior door, put a Raptor, a, sp a spacecraft outside, depressurize the Raptor, open the doors, and then blow these two into the Raptor, close the door, repressurize, and then take them to sick bay and deal with, with the consequences. Well, for years of science fiction on TV and movies doing this incorrectly, people expected they would freeze or they would pop, but neither would happen. The air would rush out of their lungs, any that was left. They would get the bends, perhaps. Uh, small capillaries would burst, but they wouldn't pop, they wouldn't freeze. And we made sure we got that right. And because they listened to their science advisor, I would say that scene was done pretty darn well. Ashley Miller and Zach Stentz together have written the movies Thor and X-Men First Class, as well as episodes for the TV series Terminator, The Sarah Connor Chronicles, and Fringe. I asked Miller how they use their science advisors. Uh, largely, we make our science advisor crazy uh, because we ask them questions that they uh, don't know how to answer yet. But actually, um, I think that one of the things we try to do as much as we possibly can is make the science 
as correct as it can be in the places where we can make it correct. You know, if you don't, sometimes for the purposes of the drama, you know, you have to make some adjustments to things and that's take that dramatic license. But where you don't have to, we don't like to. So doing the research, talking to the science advisor are things that are hugely important to us. Stentz added that incorporating good science into their work can often improve the drama of the story. Our philosophy is that, uh, is that getting the science right means, uh, means embracing limits on what you can do and embracing rules and limits and rules are fundamental building blocks of good storytelling because without those anything can happen and there's no drama and no tension. So, uh, so science is actually a friend of drama and, not the, uh, and science advisors are not the bad people who tell you all the things you can't do. Would you say science plays a supporting role to the story or is it, uh, can it really drive a story? A, a scientific concept is never really a story. The story comes down to how some logical consequence of a scientific concept affects a character. And the story is about the character. But as Zach alluded to with the discussion of rules and limits, the drama, the choices the character has to make, um, if they are coming from a, a scientific concept that, that, is, that works, number one, and, and number two, that you understand what the rules and the limits of that are, you make their story better. So understanding it is really key to telling a great science fiction story about a character, especially in the television and the, and the film world. Of course, every now and again, writers have to fudge something. It is science fiction, after all. And Phil Plate says that completely accurate science can't stand in the way of a compelling story. Story has to take precedence over science because the story is the most important thing. And I think you find scientists who work with writers learn that relatively quickly because if they don't learn that, they don't get to work in the industry. But a lot of people, uh, Jamie Paglia, who is the uh, executive producer of Eureka on Sci-Fi Channel, uh, has, he explicitly says this. You know, if you can put good science in the story, why wouldn't you? And that's why I love that guy. Now, what about the reverse? I asked Phil Plate if he thought that sci-fi could inspire real science and scientists. It's very rare in science that you can say absolutely 100% yes, but in this case, yes. And I'm the example. And it's hard to say if I became a scientist because of science fiction or I always loved science and science fiction inspired me more, uh, or, or I should say it's, it's inspired me along with the science itself. But Will Wheaton, who was on Star Trek The Next Generation, says he has people in their 30s coming up to him and saying, you know, I watched you as the young genius on Star Trek as a kid, and, and that inspired me to become an engineer and a scientist. These people really were inspired by science fiction. So there's a real strength and a real power of that to bring out that love and to, to, to cr help create the next generation of scientists. That's all for this week's Physics Buzz podcast. You can find more of our podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and much, much more at www.physicscentral.com. Thanks for listening.